Hey there, guys and gals, geeks and gamers. You're tuned in to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Nerd of Godcast, that place where all of your final fantasies and your fearless faith hug each other in this special way that only true geeks can fully appreciate. Uh, this is the Nerd of Godcast. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a place where we hang out and talk about Jesus and comic books and video games. And uh, if you are into any or all of those things, then welcome home. My name is uh, Tony T. I'm going to be your happy host for the next few minutes. With me, as always, is Steve-O Supremo. Good eye, listeners. It's like a... It just keeps. Listen, he not- said he said Poe Dameron, whatever it was last week. Fair Dinkum. Fair Dinkum. Fair dinkum. <laughs> which is Australian. I said good day. Uh, it's, but better than, it's better than Bowie. I know I didn't criticize I him. Criticized you. You criticized him for criti- saying fair Dinkum. I criticized you for not. Can calling, you just say calling- hello in American? No. Why I criti- can't you just be normal? It's, fu- it's I'm not normal. But yep. I criticized you for not <laughs> criticizing know. him for saying fair Dacob when he criticized me for saying Bowie. This, you want to know why it takes us eight minutes to introduce everybody? Because of because me. of you. Yes. <laughs> so bangerang everybody. <sighs> Hi. Moving around the table, we have the twins, Jackie and Jesse. Hey. Here comes trouble and make it double. And uh, the big man, Quentin Gregory Neff. What I talk. What is that even? You it's like I'm in an ice cream sandwich of stupid tonight. I don't even understand what is going on. It is summertime. Summertime. And uh, it is. Wait, it, what a time. Not only is it summertime, it's 9,000 degrees outside. Jesus, but it's not as hot as Tucson, Arizona. For all of you guys that don't live in Florida, just take a moment, pause and reflect, and give God thanks. Unless you live in Arizona, in which case, it's like 111 please degrees. stay inside. Do not leave outside. I talk with my dad. He lives in Arizona, and and he, they're telling old people, don't go out. Uh, they're saying, if you have old tires on your car, don't go out. Your tires will melt. Uh, it's really hot. If they you say, don't know how to drive, don't go out. You can't. Uh, That's every day. <laughs> can you hear him all right? Yeah. <laughs> but you can't tell if you can hear him all right because you've only got one head. You can actually hear him. No, I, I have both of them okay, in. Just making sure. So you can hear me right? I took mine out to, to say hi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I need to be ready. I'm ready. I thought you weren't part of this. <laughs> I just He's know it's He's, He's, slow. He's, He's the you engineer. Put him on I did put him on Periscope. Periscope. Uh, <laughs> can you please start like a live YouTube channel and just call it the Periscope? But I'm not in Paris. It doesn't matter. It doesn't but matter. You're from from Paris. Paris. Yeah, well. It'd be like if you were from Paris, it'd be the, the Pariscope. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, oh, like yours was so great. I, I, was, I liked it. But it was a rip-off Did of you mine. click like on it? It wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a rip-off of or, yours. It was an enhancement If you were yours. a Tinkerbell fan, it'd be the Fariscope. Actually, I've been on Periscope and watched that channel before, and oh, uh, I've had to click off by quickly. By, well, certainly not as by bad, accident. Not as, bad, as good as Hammer Time was on the PlayStation the Hammer Network. Time cracked Just me Just a guy up. with a hammer and a beer listening to Leonard Skinner and going, yeah. Just, <laughs> just sitting there going, big, yeah. A, big American flag behind him. Get her America. done. I guarantee. Never mind. <laughs> so in the producer booth, it is Nick the Engineer. Nick, this is your moment. Hello. <laughs> that's how you do that, Steven. Yeah, but that's Nick. He's not Steven. He is not Steven. That's why he's doing your old job. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I love you, Steven. No, no. 
PBJ for life. No, PBJ is dead. Oh, oh. What, I don't. PB peanut butter and jelly just died. Peanut butter. Yeah, it's been dead for a while. Oh. Oh. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, well, right, oh, dang. Yeah, now it's it's your time, fluffer nutters. <laughs> this is your moment. <laughs> yes. This oh. is what you've been training for. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to open up tonight with a, uh, a one-question interview, a uh, one-QI, as the kids call it. So we're going to go around the table, and I'm going to ask you a question. I just want you to answer as honestly as you can. Don't overthink it. Just shoot straight from the hip. Uh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I wonder where this question goes. Nick, you're up first. Nick, what is something you're terribly bad at? Besides answering spontaneous <laughs> questions. Uh, I'm terribly bad at being in front of people. Oh, dude. So now you're, you're in front of a microphone right now talking to the thousands and thousands of Nerd of God cast oh, fans. The Nerd of God squad. Does that make you anxious or since you're technically not in front of them? Is it make it a little bit better? It makes it a little bit better. But your, your mom is listening right now. Yes, Does your mom listen is. now? We got another mom! Yes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. your, your mom is our new Becky Be Fine. Twins, tell, tell Twins. your moms. Yeah. <laughs> my, no, you don't oh, want my mom. Okay, so wait. talking in front of people is something that brings you anxiety. You're not. You're bad at it. Yes. Have you ever tried it, actually, or you just you just uh, think you'd be bad at it? Like, I'd be bad at hang gliding, but I've never done it. It just seems like something that would kill me. I've... Yeah, I've been on stage in front of a few people, like a lot of people before, and I forgot what grade I was in. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You forget what grade you were in when that happened, or at the moment you forgot what grade you were actually in then? What grade I was actually in then. <laughs> um, I peed and forgot my home address. I don't know what happened. I completely went blank. Okay. So. Well, um, funny story. Uh, you're going to be our guest speaker next Sunday morning, so get your message ready. You're going to be in front of all of your your friends here at Sanctuary Church, and it's going to be broadcast, gonna be a broadcast across, the, across the, the world. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> He's going back to Perry next weekend. Uh, we'll we'll go uh, we'll go counterclockwise. So, uh, Jesse, mm -hmm. what's something you're terribly bad at? Math. 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 Why? I, I don't. I, I can do it. No, it's math. Just never stuck. <laughs> just never. My mom has a degree in accounting, and since she never understood, she looked at me like, why, why, why? The one thing, why? Because because that's why the Lord gave you your mom, so she can do your math <laughs> for you. There we go. I know that feel. Miss Jackie, what's something you're bad at? Um, <laughs> my immediate reaction was the joking one. I'm bad at life, but I'm not Aww. bad at life. Aww. I'm good. I'm, I'm pretty okay alive. at life. You're yeah, I'm, still, life. I'm still alive. You're still I'm figuring good. it out. Still figuring you're still it out. You're still young. I'm in my 20s. You got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I had to pick something that I was bad at, it would probably be... See, I'm blanking because now you asked me and I can't think. Underwater basket weaving. Yes, I'm very bad at that. Skateboarding. No, I can actually skateboard. Oh. Flying. I can fly really well for like six seconds and I hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's not flying. That's, That's falling, falling with, with style. style. And again with Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get we'll get back to you since answering questions, I guess, is not your strong suit. That's my that's my answer. Quentin Neff, what are you bad at? Uh probably I guess dancing. Dancing? I've yeah. seen you bust a move though on stage. Yeah, to, you're, uh, very, you're very you're very nimble for a, a large man. Uh, give you buck. Give you up. Hi, Rick Astley. Never gonna. That, was give that is true. You buck. That was you so you great. can't say that you're. Uh, I'm gonna. Do we have that on video somewhere? 
probably. Yes, Blake probably, Blake probably has. Yeah, we, we we're gonna to have to share this on Nerdy Godcast. It is Neff in a lip syncing contest? Uh, oh, yeah. Pulls down the, the Rick Astley, oh. never gonna give you up, so and he good. absolutely ripped Little it up, dude. He killed it, love. and it was, it was hands down he won. <laughs> you know Steven, rules. all right, and so do I. Oh do my I. goodness! Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, Nick, you keeping an eye on the time over there? <laughs> We're doing bad, aren't we? It's not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm guessing I'm I'm bad at not getting called up to do dancing because I did it at Kids Jam this year, which is an elementary school event, like a camp thing. And we had to do like a like a just dance type thing in front of thousands of children. And thousands of kids. And they ended up singling me out after the thing was over. And they were like, hey, we want you to do that dance again in front of everybody, but just you. And I'm like, okay. Yep. <laughs> Neff is it. bad at flying below the radar. <laughs> Did he, I mean, have you seen me? He is, he's Could no, I be more Neff? He's no solid snake, that I can tell you. Uh, something that I am bad at. I didn't even think of an answer for my own question. What's something that I'm bad at? Uh, I'll tell you what I'm bad at. I'm bad at um, ordering things. Like, I'm wearing a youth group t-shirt right now that they just came in the mail uh, the other day, and it has taken me about a year and a half to actually yeah. pull the trigger on ordering <laughs> no, It's shirt. been like five years. It's been serious. Well, no, since I've had it's this design and this concept, oh, so that's I'm just really bad at ordering things. I, I had it. I had the design. I had the money. There was nothing stopping me just doing it. That's why, for those of you guys that won prizes in season one, you still haven't, got <laughs> still haven't gotten your prizes yet. I'm really bad at ordering stuff. So, uh, Stephen, what are you really bad at? Saying hello in American. <laughs> American. That's not English. Not English. American. 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 Fair dinkum. Granny nitty Me and your <laughs> son used to Mama say that so much. Bangarang. Ayo. Mekaleka hi. Mekaleka hi. Kajagugu. Too shy, shy. I do Okay. I don't even know what the Google do. Um, well, great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope that you can. <laughs> I don't even know. I just lost my own my <laughs> ability to stop this Get the giggles. I got the giggles. Uh, you, you tickled me. You tickled me. Um, I would like to give you an opportunity, if you're out there in the listening audience, the Nerd of God squad, uh, faithful listeners, to answer the question, what are you bad at? You can let us know by tweeting us or emailing us. How do they do that, kids? I'm glad you asked. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now YouTube at Nerd of Godcast. Uh, you can check out our blog online at nerdofgodcast.com, or you can email us at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to chat with you, uh, tweet with you, and exchange whimsical animated gifts with you. So connect with us that way. Um, I'm going to go ahead and fast forward us right into the next segment with no introduction necessary. Um, it's time for snack time. Yes! Snack time, everybody. There it is. <laughs> Got a snack for my buddy. buddy. <laughs> stereo now. I've been looking at the snack. My I'm so hungry. All right, so we're going to put a picture up on our, our Twitter uh, and our Instagram so you guys can see what it is that we have. But, uh, Jackie, you have brought in snack time for us today. Take us on a tour of what it is that we're looking at. It is the little bob from Mario. Bob-ombs. Bob-ombs. Um, super annoying to deal with in the video game, but I'm hoping you're going to be really delicious. <laughs> okay, so it, t- tell us. Well, well, let's let's try them out, and then you can kind of tell us what it is that we are sampling here. Did you get a picture. Pass. Uh, we got a picture. We got pictures. Pass that to Nick. Take a picture of the pretty ones, please. Because this is yeah, this is a presentation <laughs> thing. I mean, they they I'll look. 
printing. You have a whole plate over there. Don't look at me with my plate. <laughs> I get a whole plate for myself. Like, no, there's this one right this by way. you. No, there's yeah. Just just take just take one, Neff. Just take one. Just take one. Neff's like, I want 47 <laughs> of them. I mean, 24. <laughs> I want 47 of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Them and put it over the, now, the well, video now. Put on YouTube. So Mine doesn't have any eyes. Well, that sucks. It's a blind it's one. It's the daredevil of the Bob, <laughs> <laughs> Bum, who's there? Um, I hear you. Um, all right, so uh, let's go ahead. Are we just going to one-bite this thing? Yeah. Are we just going to shotgun it? Do it. it? Do it. Shotgun all right, here we go. Everybody at the same time. Everybody here we go. Ready? Time. What? What? Two. What? 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 Go! Um. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Oh, I like Neff, what are you doing? Why are you like crying eating it? <laughs> Not like this. No. Not like this. That's not your fault, Neff. Okay. I'm digging it. Okay, so tell us what's the deal. What's, what's going on with these bob bombs? You can tell us while I eat a second one. <laughs> Pass that over. Yeah, absolutely. Here, help yourself. I'm gonna eat the one with the, with the. Sorry, I had to try and finish chewing. Um, Please. So what I did is I got some of the uh, plain donut holes from Dunkin' Donuts. Donut holes. Donut holes. <laughs> and I got some melting chocolate mm -hmm. as well as um, Reese's Pieces. Mmm, excellent. Well said. <laughs> and um, a little bit of white icing. So I dipped the the donut holes and set them on the little feet of. Reese's, Reese's pieces. pieces feet. I let them dry in the fridge, and then I put the eyes on. Very, very cute. They look just like bob bombs, and they taste exactly what I would imagine a bob bomb does not taste like. I'm gonna eat another one. <laughs> so it tastes like charcoal and gunpowder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> bob bomb tastes like boom and pain. Uh, it's they, like an explosion in my mouth. They give me tummy I troubles. Enough for you too. You can um, have some next. There are I got one. We have to. We have it's to. It's like I know donuts. <laughs> I'm a Perry. Oh yeah, no, these aren't donuts Impress from Perry. They're not nearly no. as good. A Perry donut. What would you do with a Perry donut, man? Shout out to Johnson's. You That's would it. make the bomb do king the from thing. Super Mario yeah. 64. Giant. Do that. Giant. Where'd you donuts. get a big ball? A giant donut hole. That's what, I want a bowling ball sized donut. It wouldn't cook mm. all the way through though, would it? Like no. unless you cook it low enough. It. You gotta fry them. They're fried. But if you cook it too low, then it soaks up all the oil that you fry it in. Yeah. It becomes um, soggy. Okay. Ugh, that's Never mind. Come on. I don't know anything about Come on, science. Donuts. Make it happen. Oh, Your moves. Unless, unless you donut it up in layers. You make a small donut, and then you dip that one in batter, and then cook that one, and then dip yeah, that in it's batter. It's like Russian dolls, but that's donuts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, when you break open a jawbreaker, and it's just layers. I like the sound <laughs> of that. I like the sound of that. So everybody grab one more and, and stuff it in I've your go already, so I'm not going to And then we're going we're gonna to go ahead and just put them aside. So I need a drink. I need some milk, too. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I milk would be really good. Yeah. We should have brought water to Spa bombs, and then, yeah, somebody should, we should have done the bob bomb donuts oh, and lon lon milk on the oh, side bah. right that would oh. been fantastic i'm i'm picking with up what you're laying down some milk on the side. are you are you digging my ditch brother yeah man um so while we're talking about this i actually have something that's kind of fun i want to see if you guys can walk through this and guess some stuff with me um i, I was doing some research when we're th just thinking about future snack times and i came across a list online of the 10 most uh, popular nerd snacks. Mm. The ten most popular nerd snacks. I just want to see if you guys can can populate this list. Now this is not beverages, so you can put aside your Mountain Dews and your Red Bulls. This candy count. But this is uh, this is uh, ten nerd snacks. We'll let you decide what the ten nerd snacks are. So uh, let's see if you guys who, who has a guess of maybe what what might what it might be. 
Jackie. Twizzlers. Twizzlers are actually mm. not on the list. Wait, oh, shame I, on I, have them. A, I have a question. Not on the top shame ten list. I have a question. Do, uh, yeah, is I, it nerd theme snacks? No, 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 or just, just snacks, snacks for nerds? For nerds. Oh, okay. Because I, I was going to guess like nerdy snacks from like comic books and movies and all yeah. that. Surprisingly, uh, nerds not on the list. Huh. Oh. <laughs> shame How about uh, Doritos? Doritos are on the list. They are number two ah. on the list. Very good. Actually, they tie with Cheetos. But yeah. uh, I would think uh, I would think mm. of a, I prefer Dorito. Over I would think Cheetos. Dorito. Yeah. But, but is this wait, for video game nerds? Just nerds. Any nerds. nerds. Oh, okay. I was gonna say because like the cheesiness quick, with the controller would uh, not be good. Correct. Uh, additional around the table here. Let's see what your thought is. Cheetos or puffed Cheetos? Puffed Cheetos. Oh no. Puffed Crunchy Cheetos. We got one for crunchy. Like Nick. Crunchy. Crunchy. Jess. I'd say regular crunchy. Regular crunchy? Puffed. 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 I say puffed, too. It is a dead heat. They're this more flavored. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It is a tie. Best thing ever. Wait, wait. No, <laughs> we have... Oh. This is this is a tie, so we need you guys to please go to the Twitter oh. at Nerd of Godcast and let us know what, what is the superior Cheeto. <laughs> is it puffed or is it crunchy? But think of the flavors that you get with the crunch. You can get like it's jalapeno a, cheese. We're not talking flavors. It doesn't matter. Listen, we, we're not jalapeno barbecue. We're talking about Cheetos. sour cream and chives. Just regular we're talking Cheetos. about cheese. Straight up Cheetos. Cheese and toes. If that's the if that's if that's the case, then that's Lay's you is eat the Cheetos with your toes. All right, so we, we have we have we have uh, number two on the list was nailed as uh, Doritos slash Cheetos. Uh, give me some more. We gotta get we gotta get this list filled out. Um, sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids are not on the Skittles. list. Skittles. If Twizzlers are on the list. In fact, I will tell you this. There is Twizzlers there is no so that's why they're not on the list. There is no pure candy okay. items on okay, the list. Okay, Lay's potato chips. Lay's potato chips are not on the list. Uh, hamburgers. Uh, that's snack? too foody. This is that's more a food. popcorn oh. snack. Popcorn not on the list. Ooh, popcorn's a good one. Um, I'll give you I'll give you another one uh, to kind of scratch the itch of the Lay's. Number ten is Pringles. Mm. Um, Pringles. Now you can't argue that. You can't argue that. That's a that's a. I can eat like three and then I'm good. You can never have just one. <laughs> that's Lay's. You don't. Eat yeah, that's Lay's. You gotta pop. Once you pop, you can't stop. That's what it is. Pringle flavors. I prefer the the pizza Pringle. Pizza Pringle is good. I got one. I got one. I got one. What do you got, Stephen? Oreos. Oreos. Not on the list. Ah, humbug. Not on the list. What kind of nerds are they? Polling Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That, that's a little more food than snack. I know. But, I was just, he but, said but that's strange because there's some things on here that I would consider not to be a snack. It would be like food. Ice cream. Um, number Ice number cream. eight is SpaghettiOs. What? Yes. Yeah, so so that's, that's, that's like that's food. Not a snack. Cooked or uncooked. Can, can you eat them straight out of the can? You have to cook them as long as the people. I'm sorry. The only people I see eat straight out of the can are like hobos in movies. I mean, my baked beans out the can. I'm living on the road. That's true. Big beans out of the can. If the spaghettios do not have meatballs, you don't have to cook them. Now, my my You don't have to cook them with the army balls. They're pre-cooked, and it's not meat. It's just got raw ground beef in the can. I always preferred the Franco-American spaghetti, but if you grow in Chef Boyardee variety, I was a beefaroni I got another one. Beefaroni's nice. Mac and cheese. <gasps> Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Are you looking them up? No, I'm not. I was seeing what time it was. Mac and cheese is not on the list. What the what crap? The whoa! What That's nerds this. are they polling? Yeah, because I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and throw shenanigans okay, on this list. Okay, what is list. the list? I'll give you the list. I think that this list, now that I'm looking at it, go is... Go 10 to 1. Full O poo. All right, we did number 10 is Pringles. <laughs> number 9 is Easy Cheese and Ritz Crackers. Ew. So, Ew. You know, spray cheese. No, no. Not Cheese Whiz, but... What are these, Wisconsin oh, nerds? The same thing. What kind of nerds um, are number these eight, are nerds from movie? North Dakota. SpaghettiOs. Ew. Number 7, Twinkies. Yeah, oh, okay. I can okay. see that Number one. six, and I'm surprised you guys didn't get this one. This one, this one is a, a, a layup. Bagel bites or pizza rolls. Oh, oh yeah. I see, I don't think nerdy. So I think long. kid. Like uh, I yeah. ate those when I was a Listen. chubby little kid. Uh, I number, am a chubby little. Number kid. five, and this is <laughs> this is a good one, but it's a little out there. Pocky. <gasps> oh, Pocky. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a nerdy. That's a nerdy. 
niche. It's a very niche. You can get that at like. Uh, it's very Japanese. They have you can get chocolate covered biscuit crackers. They have it at like Winn Dixie now too in the international. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. True. yeah you can get some pocky. To definitely target. I, uh, I got some green so. tea flavored pocky. Ooh, that's good. It was oh, not bad, but I couldn't eat very many of them. It was like the green tea Kit Kat's really good. Oh really? So good. That's I have a I have a friend who who lives in Tokyo and he we've talked about this, but there's apparently all these flavors of candy and snacks there that you can't get here. There's like 80 flavors of Kit Kats. Like yep. you got blueberry Kit Kats and cheesecake Kit Kats and watermelon Kit Kats and, and just, hot just pepper Kit Kats. know someone in Tokyo that can mail them to you. That's right. You can order them on the interwebs. You just got to pay. Um, number four, Hot Pockets. Hot Pockets. Oh, hey. Wait, or what would they run down in Mexico? <laughs> we caliente pockets. Uh, <laughs> You're brilliant. Not as good as your bimenon, but. I dropped my Hot Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> poop is not on the list, Steven. Poop, what kind of poop, poop is not on the list? People order Sorry, our patties. Narrow, poop order our patties. Oh, poop! Chocolate. <laughs> what are well, we doing, SpongeBob? I don't know. Because <laughs> that SpongeBob meme is like the best. Wombo hishimi. Wumbo. I'm going to go on the record right now and just say this. I don't care if I make enemies. I'm not here to make friends tonight. Peppermint patties are the worst candy yes. there is. They're the worst. I don't think listen, I've listen, them. Chuck. They're the worst. I listen, Chuck. You would because you're, you're right, an, sir. A, you're, you're a, a, I'm a what? You're, <laughs> you are oh a lovely lady who is entitled to her opinion. That's right. <laughs> Even if it's wrong. All right. I don't know if I said this or not. Number three, Pop Tarts. No. Yes. Oh, oh, why did I think of Pop Tarts? Number two, uh, Doritos and Cheetos. And the number one, Geeky Food. And this is really obvious. I'm kind of disappointed that nobody got this. Ramen noodles. Oh, that's see, but ramen noodles makes me think of bad times. Why? <laughs> I am poor. Listen, I've been eating ramen noodles for the last three I'm poor weeks, and so I'm still suffering, suffering from hypertension. I've been eating nothing I've but ramen noodles not for the last three weeks. For a video game. I, like, I could wait for that one. Well, thank you. McDonald's. Thank you, Jackie, for snack time. Uh, yeah, and now, now it, uh, it's... I actually have a little bit of um, bad news to bring you guys tonight, oh, no. and this this breaks my heart. Um, this would be the time where we would normally play a da 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 for the best thing ever, but uh, the best thing ever has been tainted. What? It, it has been ruined, and oh. I'm not sure how I feel about it or what I'm going to do about it. Now, let me unpack the story. We put out the poll for best thing ever, round one. Which, uh, as you may recall, in our in our best thing ever, volume two was uh, non-powered superheroes, and the first round went to Batman Beyond versus Star Lord. That's Batman Beyond from the Batman Beyond show, Star Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, we we put that out there, uh, and our poll came back a split tie, fifty fifty, exactly down the middle. So there was no clear decided winner. So I, I, people were asking me, how are we going to make this work? How are, how, what do we do with this? So I started looking at my options. I prayed about it. <laughs> and um, I said, okay, what are we going to do? Maybe we take a little baby and we put two toys in front of him. Whichever one he picks, that's the hero that wins. You know, Maybe we flip a coin. Maybe we call uh, Becky Be Fine and let her be the, the deciding <laughs> vote. Whatever, whatever it is. Maybe we have like a rap battle between someone dressed. I, I don't know. I, there's so many options. Uh, democracy Ooh. is a, a many-headed beast, unlike a hydra. But then I had an idea. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to reach out to a celebrity, uh, a celebrity tiebreaker. I said, I'm going to find out who does the voice of Batman Beyond, 
and who does the voice of Star Lord on the anime? Because I didn't want to bring Chris Pratt into it. All right, that's why not. I, I just <laughs> I had to keep it on the animated level. There had to be some kind oh, of level okay. playing field. I think Chris Pratt would respond. I so like I reached out. So I decided to look up. I'm, I'm reaching out to the voice actor who played Batman Beyond and the voice actor who plays Star Lord on the current uh, Disney animated version of Guardians of the Galaxy, and come to find out, uh, to my surprise. They're both voiced by the same person. Oh my god! What? And not yeah. only that. It's sorry, I really like this story. Okay, Stephen, uh, no, who, who is the person? It is Will Friedle, also Will? known as Eric from Boy Meets, Meets World. World. Will Friedle, also um, known as Ron Stoppable so, from Kim Possible. So now, hey, yes, right. now, now to me, then that actually made the thing extremely, extremely exciting because now instead of what I was going to do was tweet to both of them, and the first one to respond was going to get the win. It was going to nudge him over, but I only got one person. But that's great because I only needed one person. So I reached out to Will Friedle on Twitter. And I said, Will, here's what's going on. I got this poll. It came into a tie. I need you to cast the tie-breaking vote. And Will Friedle went straight for the fence and said, I can't. They're both great. They're big great. Uh, now, he did He did respond. So to that, I say, he quoted the tweet. brava. To, to him, I, he responded, and, uh, and, and he did come back. I think that's one of the beautiful things about Twitter is that you can actually be a common plebeian person and reach out to the celebrities that are on the – Top of the Hollywood Hill of Fame, like Will Friedle, AAA, and uh, and they'll respond. So good, great, thank you so much for doing that. But he wouldn't vote. He wouldn't cast a vote. So I'm I'm like Will, I need you, I need you to do this for me. And he liked the tweet, but he wouldn't vote. That's I'm like Will, this is this Pratt. is this is, like, is it. Asking him to pick a Child. This yeah, is like, democracy, to a child. and I understand. I, I, it's, and, it's, I, and I get it's it. It's choice, and I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I understood that. And you know, the, the last thing you want to do, I guess, is burn bridges. He obviously can't vote for Batman Beyond because he's currently on Guardians Imagine, of the Galaxy. Imagine the nerd so backlash. I get it. I get it. I get it. So this is he what I asked political. him to do. I created a new poll, and I said, "Will, will you just retweet this and let your fans decide?" I thought that was a cool thing. I set the poll for just like five hours. It was a real quick thing. I didn't want to blow up his news feed for days and days and days with ridiculous stuff. I just thought a real quick couple-hour thing, and I tweeted it to him, and he ignored it. Aww. So I let a couple hours go by because I'm not trying to be the persistent widow here. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm not trying to go like straight-up stalker mode. Like, Wilfredell, I'm standing outside your house right now digging through your garbage. Please retweet this. <laughs> but I gave him a little opportunity couple hours left, one hour left, and I'm like, hey, there's just an hour left. Just do us a favor, hit retweet. Nothing. Crickets. The poll ended. There was a winner. But in the angst and disappointment I feel towards Will Friedle, because he wouldn't help a brother out, I am disqualifying Star-Lord and Batman Beyond. From round one, because Will Friedle crossed the wrong podcast. And now, not unlike Sheldon Cooper and Will Wheaton. Oh my gosh. We have a nemesis. Will Friedle, be thy name. You have a nemesis. Can you get that on a t-shirt? I'm I'm Leonard right now. I have no problem with Will Friedle. (laughs) You don't understand the situation, Stephen. You're a kiss up. Will Friedle has been in my life since I was a child. I like Eric Matthews. He... 
Fine. I tweeted him. Fine. I, I tweeted. I tweeted him with a perfect tweet in response. I said the real winner is and a he good looking. Ignored you, Stephen. I don't care. I had people like it. He ignored you because he thinks he's better than you. No, he doesn't. He My, thinks that you are not worthy of clicking. Oh, he was on Twitter, and he ignored you. He was there. Hey, he married a moose. It's he's not the brightest. Did he really marry a moose? His character. His character. In a, in a, in an what? episode of Boy like Meets a Roll. sorry folks, parks closed. Moose out front should have told you. No, in, in an episode of Boy Meets World, they go to the future when everyone's no, graduating. No, I'm I not know, even, no, I don't even want to hear the storyline because I don't even want to endorse. Thing, I don't even want to endorse his, his farce to of a product. No, unfollow him. Will Friedle, you have stepped out of favor, not just with me, but with the entire Nerd of God Squad. We are a movement. And we uh, we need we, we think that you owe us an apology. So yeah, I man. will anxiously await that until such a time you are off my Christmas card list. But now the Lord says to forgive, so I forgive, but I never forget. Hey, Will, my mom still really likes you though. She likes your show, uh, Boy Meets World. So you know, just shout out to my mama. Oh my gosh. She okay. loves Boy Meets World, so. Throw one of these bob-ombs. So, Wilfredell. <laughs> please. Wilfredell, we thank, thank, you for, thank you for tweeting us back, though, <laughs> candidly. Thank you for, uh, for connecting with us. Uh, I understand that you could not vote for that thing, but uh, no, as the, as the poll goes, this is what we're going to do. Uh, because we can't really accept a secondary poll. That's not how we're going to do it. What we are going to do is we are going to actually give both of them a pass. And when we get to the next round of Best Thing Ever, it is going to be a three-way dance between Ooh, oh. the winner of tonight's round and Star-Lord and Batman Beyond. It'll be a historical Ooh. event. Uh, we are not going to punish you, the Nerd of God Squad, with all of you who voted for Batman or all of you who voted for Star-Lord. We're not going to punish you just because Wilfred Dell doesn't care about democracy. We are going to continue to fight onward. He does so care about, no. let's talk about that. Listen. Yeah. I'll say he does care about democracy. He went on a date with the president's I daughter. I say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're uh, supposed to be nemesis. Nemesis. Uh, no. Stop fangirling, my, my, Stephen. My love for Wilfred Dell is Ron Stoppable. <laughs> That reminds me. I'm gonna show you guys this and I'm I'm about to put it on our on our Nerd of God Instagram. I'm gonna show you this picture and I I can't tell you what it is, but I'm putting it on the I'm putting because it's not interesting enough to like hey, let me describe a photograph to you. But I'm gonna put this on our Instagram. This just makes me happy. Yes! I love Harry. Good stuff. Uh, so here is tonight's uh, best thing ever so that we can actually vote and do this the right way. And I don't know why, but I just feel like this one is going to be a landslide. But you never know. Uh, sometimes those dark horse candidates are the ones that make the biggest surge. Tonight, best thing ever, round two. Rorschach from The Watchmen versus Captain America. Uh, I feel so bad for Steve Rogers. <laughs> isn't, isn't, dark, isn't Dark Horse the, the one that dark put out? Put out, um, no, Mad no, 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 that, that's Vernon. no, that's DC. DC. Oh, DC, but uh, yeah, no, but Dark Horse wasn't the comic book company. I, I mean, Dark Written Horse, by the, Alan Moore. Uh, forget it anyway. So, Rorschach versus Captain America, get out there and vote. We're gonna have our poll up today, new release Tuesday, uh, for best thing ever. Please vote and know that the winner of this round be it Rorschach or Captain America, will go on to the next round and have to compete against Star-Lord and Batman Beyond. So that will be an interesting three-way dance. So... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm torn. And I just imagine Will, uh, Will, Will, Will Free, 
Tur- it turns out Wolfred like, does the voice of Captain America too. He's like, just stand on <laughs> they'll, look, they'll look up to me and say, vote. And I'll look down at them and say, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Wilfred Dell. Wilfred Anyway, we're, we're talking about him way too much. <laughs> uh, I can talk about him some more. I know, I know. When a crime breaks out, all the cute girls shout because he's the good-looking guy. <laughs> That's what I tweeted him. <laughs> There's a crime out there. He's got to comb his hair because he's the good-looking guy. No, but seriously, my mom loves you. <laughs> Steven, you're making my mom Jessica, recover this show from the tailspin that it's in. It's time to kickstart my heart. This, this is a new segment for the Nerd of Godcast, where, <laughs> where we talk, no, seriously, I, I, I need a defibrillator. Uh, too many problems, can't breathe or speak at normal pace. Uh, we asked, we asked our, our Nerd of Godcast crew to come up with stuff. I think Jessica actually took the helm on this one. Uh, and we are looking for cool Kickstarters, something that we can share and we can say, hey, this is kind of an interesting idea, and maybe just kind of share along with you, our Nerd of God squad, and give them a little bit of a boost. So something that fits in with our particular idiom. Jessica, what did you find? I found the Blissbox 4Play. It's a universal video game controller adapter by Blissbox. Blissbox? Yep. All right. What does it do? It is a adapter for um, emulators. It's basically a USB hub uh, with different adapters for almost any controller on the market. Oh, wow. So Commodore 64. Shut up. Television. Oh, yep. I had an Intellivision. N64, GameCube, NES, Virtual Boy, PC, Dreamcast, Atari Jaguar. A whole bunch of them. Like, I'm just going down the list. Now, let's talk oh, about so what, what exactly four, is it called? Right? Blissbox. Blissbox 4, the number 4, play. 4, dash play. play. Yep. Four Game dash Gear. Play. And it's on Kickstarter. They need $55,000, and they have raised $8,469 so far. Nice. Okay. They've got 21 more days. So, And they're based in Orlando. It's a local project. Really? Cool. Mm-hmm. That is cool. I get paid soon. <laughs> she will be. She'll be, be cutting be. them a check for the rest I'll of the fifty-five yeah. grand. <laughs> oh, I don't make that much. <laughs> okay, Jackie, if that's the case, then we need to do a Godcast Kickstarter. So, okay, so Kickstarter <laughs> Blissbox like four-play universal video game controller <laughs> adapter. They they so far got eight thousand dollars pledged. Are there any rewards or anything that they're given to backers? There are. Let me Can I get one of the up. things? <laughs> <laughs> you get rewards. A, um, they get a start magnet. with. I mean, pledging from a dollar. I mean, they've got they've got different ones. Um, what do you get if you give a dollar? Mix and match two for ten dollars. How much? What? Oh, if you give a dollar, what do you get? If you get it, if you give a dollar, you get a hearty you thank get you. Get a high yeah. five. <laughs> uh, Over thank the you so much for your support. Um, you'll be given access to all updates and related media as it's released. Um, if you mm-hmm. do one dollar or more, um, so you can pick any combination 25. of cables from the new cable types. Nice. Um, there's an additional twenty char- twenty dollars shipping charge. So you basically buy a controller and then you mix and match the cables themselves so that they're you can plug them into any console system that you can use. So you have one any, that universal USB. controller that works through all of these things. No, the way I'm reading this is it's a USB controller, but then it plugs into an adapter yeah, that plugs into the console itself. Now that's really really so cool. So I can play a place use a PlayStation 2 controller and also use it for a Nintendo 64 as you well. You could play use the Blissbox controller yeah, and mm-hmm. play it on whatever console you want. Yeah. You can go from except for Sega like Dreamcast to uh, co- uh, Atari 2600. Except for except for the newer the newer the old ones, but not for like the newer generation no, ones. So PS3 and plus. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a neat idea. So those are also uh, wireless. If you pledge ten thousand dollars, you get to know Blissbox, a free paid trip to the factory in China. Meet the man behind the company and the factory team. 
Uh, These so small children for just ten, for just ten grand. <laughs> well, how much is a ticket to China? <laughs> that probably less than that. I think yeah. it's like twelve hundred dollars. Tour of the factory. All right. So, how about this? If you guys uh, in the Nerd of God Squad want to kickstart ten thousand dollars, you can send all of us to China, <laughs> and we'll bring you back some Chinese snacks. Yeah, some Hockey. some. Uh, That's Japanese. Some oh wait, yeah, some, some flavored Kit Kats. That's right. That's also Japanese. Well. <laughs> we'll bring you back some mushu pork. We can bring them back some sticky rice, <laughs> some fresh. <laughs> I make sticky, sticky rice. rice. That's a that's a street food reference. That's right. That's right. That's what he says. I watched uh, I watched street food today. Uh, the the new episode. Christian Zadek, who was on our show last season, he does a YouTube channel called Street Food. You guys need to check it out. So it good. is absolutely hilarious. Uh, it's youtube.com uh, backslash c d z a d e k c Zadek. He, he does this show, and, and the, this past episode, he is in Panama City Beach, Florida, and uh, just a delightful show. He, and he, he has this uh, crunch wrap that he gets from a food truck out there. And I remember looking at this crunch wrap and going, that is a sexy crunch wrap. <laughs> and as the thought was going through my mind, he switched over this music, which sounded like uh, very romantic music with the hashtag adult whisper. food. <laughs> and I'm like, now I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm like, then the crunch wrap and I exchanged one last awkward glance and went our separate ways. I laughed so much. He did he does one 100th episode retrospective mm. and he's like, coming up next, a look back. And it's just a picture of him looking like off to the side, like so like eloquently. And I, I had to pause because I was laughing so hard. I don't know. I don't think eloquent was the word that you were I don't care. looking for there. It was, it was, it was, it was he's trying. He tried. Yeah, that's all right. Steven has his own patois that he uh, he patois. struggles with. Je ne sais quoi. Uh, what does je ne sais quoi mean? I don't know what. I took French for two years. <laughs> Kangaroo. I asked the lady, at, at the, this French lady, I said, what does je ne sais quoi mean? She goes, I don't know what. And I said, oh, I thought you spoke French. She said, I do. And I'm like, oh, then you don't know what je ne sais quoi means? She goes, I don't know what. And I'm like... Well, I thought you spoke French. I mean, <laughs> who's on first? Who should I ask yeah. if you don't know? And you, it means I don't know what. I'm like, oh. Um, you guys know what time it is? It's time for Neff News. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Neff News. My name is Neff. Today's news is brought to you by Cooper Black Font for when you're writing for a newspaper comic strip, but not a very good one. Coming <laughs> <laughs> back strong. And here is your news in nerd culture this week. In movie news, five more cast members were revealed this week for the upcoming Marvel film Thor Ragnarok, including Kate Blanchett and Carl Urban. So a Lord of the Rings and Thor crossover is not out of the nine realms of possibility. (laughs) All I need right now. Well, and you've already got uh, Martin Freeman is now part of the Marvel Universe in Civil War. I was just thinking, uh, Clay. Wow, I can't say name. Kate Blanchett. Uh, is that who you said? Mm-hmm. Yes. Could he be uh, could be Valkyrie. Kate, no, Kate Blanchett is is uh, Hela. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that makes yeah. sense. Valkyrie is uh, what's her name? Who's the girl that's Valkyrie? They, have they announced her yet? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I know Jeff Goldblum's going to be in the new Thor movie. Yes. Nice. But as Ian Malcolm. <laughs> that's it. Because it's like uh, life. Life your... finds a way. Oh my gosh. The lack of humility <laughs> before Odin here is staggering. The news continues. <laughs> In comic book news, the event DC Rebirth has started, Yay. involving all new characters, writers, artists, and so on. The event marks the end of the New 52 and the beginning of the new era of DC. This includes a new series with the sons of Batman and Superman, several Rebirth one-shots, and my personal favorite, Green Lanterns. 
which follows the adventures of the newest Green Lanterns, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, both of whom are in the new Justice League. And it looks like things are getting better and better. Is that the end of that story? Yes. Can I please have your, your print for that, please? Thanks. You. Okay, well, we're just going to do this real quick. <clears throat> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One paragraph, the word new appears seven times. What's DC doing wrong that they need so much new stuff to to fix the the hey, new the new fifty two? Listen, it's but called, now we're the new 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 new. Listen, it's you know, called DC. You know what they're gonna do? New they're new. eventually gonna <laughs> new 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 they're, new new. They're gonna eventually re- realize they're a screw up and that they should have messed with the formula and they're just gonna release DC Classic and just continue. Well, the what stories. they need to do is they need to stop doing the new and they need to go back to the old and just make all DC comics about Adam West Batman. Then it can be na 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 na. <laughs> Na 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 na. This is better than new new. Listen, it's called Neff News. Excuse me. For a reason. <laughs> Proceed. In video game news, the first trailer for the new game Gran Turismo Sport was released this week to much critical acclaim based on the graphics. I got a chance to watch it, and I must say, Gran Turismo Sport 1, Uncanny Valley, zero. Cars don't have creepy eyes, though. Except for in the movie cars. Cars. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Let's not even talk about Cars 2. Cars 2. Cars 2 is the only Pixar movie that has a bad Rotten Tomatoes score. Really? True story. Was it it certified rotten? Cars 2, certified rotten. Really? The only Pixar movie with a negative score. And this has been Neff News. Have a ready today and a blessed tomorrow. Well, thank you, Neff, for all the news that we can use. Um, there's an interesting movie that just came out this week. I have not seen it, but you may uh, you may tear into it. Those of you that have seen it, X Men Apocalypse. I did not see it. You did not see it. Now, no. Nick, you I saw it. Car mm-hmm. uh, Jess, you saw it. Yep. Neff, you saw it. Yes. Okay. Uh, together. To, oh, you saw it together. Yep. So see, I, I heard none of you will it will have an unbalanced opinion based on different theater experiences. Well, I heard Nick's review, which apparently was different than Jessica's. Response to Nick's review, like Nick said, it was all right. It wasn't bad. It was worse. She goes, "That's not what he said at the end of the movie." <laughs> so you know, it would actually be better than you telling us about their review is them telling us about their review. Yeah. So yes. let's since we're on here now. Since you're since yeah. you're actually here, no, we're going to continue talking about you like you're not here. You know what I heard Jess say the other day? Uh, <laughs> you suck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk say about it. you. Say I it. could not in the room. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, all right. So give me a number. Rate it one out of five. Uh, three and a half. Three and a half. Mm. So uh, better than a uh, better than Ghost Rider two. Not as good as Civil War. Mm. Civil yes. War. Okay. Yeah. Jess four, four. Mm-hmm. bias. Yeah. Nef- so you, okay. I take offense because Idris Elba was in Ghost Rider two. Uh, no. No. He was. No. I'm not. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying no. Yeah. Ghost Rider two is not gonna get a movie. Okay. Sorry. It doesn't matter. Go I give it a three. Three. Okay, so we got a three, a three, five, and a four. So, so the average average answer is going to be then three, five, which I, mean, I think that's fair, and I think that's right on par for most X Men movies. It's a good X Men movie. If you're a fan of X Men, you're going to really enjoy it. I I kind of like the X Men, but they definitely did the characters right. I good. like that. That's good to hear. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to go to a movie like that hoping that it's going to be a bad movie. You know, oh, this is going to be terrible. Um, but 
Uh, that's good. I'm glad that it was a good movie. I typically like the X Men movies, even if I'm not like wowed and blown away by them. Like Days of Future Past was was a good mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, but it wasn't like a great movie. I don't ever really need to see it again. But it was good. See, it was to good. me, First Class is, is the best. To me, First Class and X Men Two is the best. X Men Two, I think, is one of those movies that does deserve the hype more more so than maybe Spider Man Two, which yeah. people tout as like the perfect superhero movie. What's up with I like the two, like yeah, Spider Man Two, X Two, The Dark Knight? <laughs> the sequels just got it going on. But not Thor Two. <laughs> No, sorry, not Thor 2. I, sorry I, Dark World. I kind of like Thor too. Yeah, no, you like Loki. I like, yeah, I like Tom Hiddleston. You, you put, yeah, you put Thor and you put Loki in a in a movie that was an average movie. We, but they know. had such cute, like little, like sibling banter, and like with me and That's my sister, true. like because that movie is what brought me and my sister close I'm, together. Listen, I get it, but so Malekith like, is a is the most forgettable Marvel villain. Yeah. I I have better things the to doctor. say about I'm about remember his name. Malekith. I have more things to say about Batrock the Leaper, who was in Captain America: Winter Soldier for about three minutes than I, than I did do. Who's a what? Batrock the Leaper. Was that? Oh, you, okay, you rapper. Captain. Remember Captain America: Winter Soldier when they go on the boat in the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that guy. That guy, the, Batrock. The guy he like punched into a wall. Well, I mean, I, I didn't say he was in the movie for a long he time. He killed him. He killed him. Yeah, he killed him. He did. I would like to at some point rank Marvel villains, Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah, villains. Yeah, let's do that. Not right now, but well, uh, yeah. but at one, one point or another. But that was the, the idea in that movie. Even going back to to Malekith, what is the motivation of the villains? Like, what are, what do they want? Loki wants to what? Rule the Earth. Well, the universe. He wants well, to be well, yeah, but no. When he, at Avengers, he was when he was working with Thanos. He was not. He was never going to get the universe. He was going right. to. He was going to get Earth. I don't know what he imagined was going to happen he, beyond. Loki, that. Loki. His, his whole thing, like in the first Thor movie, is that he felt unloved, unwanted. He felt kind of kicked to the side. He's like, "Oh, you're not my real dad. You don't really love me. So I'm going to throw a hissy fit because I'm going to be a teenager about this." And then um, he just went off and brooded for a while and then came back with Avengers. It's like, all right, well, Thor loves this world and I hate Thor, so I'm going to rule this world and just destroy it. Like, I'm a, it's basically that I'm stealing your, your girlfriend? Pretty much. It's just like, I hate you, so I want to make everything you love miserable and sucky. I have a side story. I like relate to this. When I was younger, I had a CD player that my sister was jealous of, so she took permanent marker and scribbled all over oh, the display oh, part of it. Oh, poor that. form. Yeah. I mean, she was like eight. So, poor that form. Off. So that that that's that's very. That doesn't make it better. If she was four, that would make it acceptable. But no, eight years old, you're older. No, 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 no. Let, let bygones are bygones, yeah. and nobody cares about CD players now. I know, right? So, <laughs> no, they don't. So, so Red Skull, what did he want to rule the world? World domination? No, he want. Uh, he want to take over the Matrix. <laughs> Wait. He, he, want, he, want, he wanted no, to destroy the he, Autobots. He wanted to go back to Rivendell. He wants the All Star. <laughs> he wanted to go back to Rivendell. That's right, man. Hugo Weaving. He wanted <laughs> everyone to wear He's masks like and he really, shave Jane, Jane Jane Foster's head. He really uh, gets around a lot, doesn't he? He really does. He he's the best. Uh, <laughs> if you're looking at the different Marvel villains and kind of like, I mean, you, the Purple Man just wants Jessica oh. Jones. You, you know, whatever it is that they want, Malekith, like. His deal wasn't, I don't want to rule the world. His deal was, I want everything to stop existing. I want the world to end. I want mm. everything to end. Isn't, isn't that kind I of Thanos's thing, too? Like he Thanos wants, wants everyone death. to die. Yeah. There's a difference because between everyone dying and, Ro- and everyone everything ending. But, so so let me let me flip it over then. What's Apocalypse's motivation in, in X-Men Apocalypse? I, and, I, and throwing up the flag of spoiler alert here, potential okay. spoiler. What's What does he want? He wants to... He, w- he wants to beat the power wages. When he, when he wants Let the that mu- go. no more talking. He wants to destroy the weak, which is pretty much the humans, and make sure only the only ones living are the mutants. So he wants pretty like kind of like what Magneto wanted in like X three. 
he kind of wants that where he just wants or like I guess in the X Men series I don't really, I don't really remember it because I was a little kid when I watched those but he pretty much just wants the strongest mutants to survive so he's just gonna destroy the rest of the world so it's mutant well, it eugenics or no survival no what he wanted was he even said he's like he he calls them his children he feels responsible for them he really feels that he is their leader and he wants and to set god. them free no not their god he no. didn't say he was a mutant's god he said that they the humans it. it that's how they that see right him. Yeah. Oh. Um, but he said, you know, you're. He, he's called them, you know, oh my child and stuff like this. Like I'm here to set you free. I'm here to. I'm here to show you the true, true manifestation of your powers. He wants to make them stronger. He wants to. He wants them to see their full. At the expense of everybody else. Yeah, at the expense of anyone who's not a mutant. So all the Mundies die. But yeah. So he he thinks that he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Really. Well, I, the best villains are the ones that think that they're yeah. doing the right yeah. thing. So what happens to the world? Is that an apocalyptic situation? Is I mean, for, for us it would be, I guess. Yeah. Well, humans mm-hmm. die, yeah, but pretty much. I guess the mutants survive. I mean, you could easily equate it. Well, I mean, not easily, but, like, I mean, it's it genocide. Like, singling out a specific group of people, you could think back to the Holocaust. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean it, you... it's it's been something that's happened in history before, not just with the Jews, but also with other groups of people. So it's it's sort of an ethnic cleansing yeah. of, uh, from mutant kind I mean, to yeah. homo sapien versus homo superior. Yeah. Yeah. It's very very similar, and I'm just going to touch on it quickly, like they do in the Harry Potter universe with the with the muggles the, and yeah. the thing they want the muggles are underneath them and anybody who's associated with muggles needs to be are, are like less than not human but like less than the wizard dirty blood so, like a caste system then yeah. they, they become yeah. the untouchables basically undesirable there's a there's a lot of like pseudo Nazi resemblance in the Harry Potter universe when it comes to especially towards yeah. the end when oh, yeah. Voldemort kind of takes and, power uh, KKK uh it's more. It's more so like, like it's Nazis. very, very, very heavily like influenced by, especially in the movies, but in the books too. Like it's very like, it's very heavily influenced by that era, like the propaganda and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Scar with the hyenas. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm thinking about like scenarios, and as we kind of talk about the age of apocalypse, I want to shift gears and to talk about actual real life uh, scenarios, fantasy scenarios, popularized scenarios in movies and the different media that we uh, observe and, and partake in uh, of, of the end of the world. Uh, what are the ways that you see and, and stuff that, that's maybe come up in different movies or different themes, things that are used over and over again uh, about how the world ends. Does it end with a bang? Does it end with a whimper? Uh, movies, stories, games. Um, share share some ideas on, on how the world is going to end according to popular fiction. I think, it, uh, well, the, the biggest one that I think of is uh, T2, or Terminator 2, Terminator Judgment 2. Day. Yep. Uh, where the machines take over. The, I'd pick that one because that's the best one of the three. So, but that's... I think there's like five Terminator movies now. Oh, yeah, there is... <laughs> If you include the Sarah Connor Chronicles, yeah. No, no, no. Genesis and uh, Oh, Salvation. I forgot about Genesis. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, like where the machines take over. I would, I, I guess I would include the third one because it shows that, but uh, I don't know. I guess it's like... So the end of humanity. We're all wiped out. We're all nuked. Because mm-hmm. the second one shows before and after, so you can see the, the difference. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's certainly, I, I guess along those lines, then you have to look at any kind of rise of the machines, mm-hmm. you know, humanity subjugated to extinction. Relies too much on machinery and then machinery. Gotcha. Uh, anybody else? Steve? Um, I don't know. This one kind of seems a little bit more realistic, and it's fresh in my mind because I just watched it again the more other day. More realistic than the rise of <laughs> the robots? Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, is And this one requires a little bit more explanation, is the world they kind of give you in Interstellar. Okay. Where like we're out of crop, like where there's no more crops, 
everything everything's dying we can't like he said like this one guy says to matthew mcconaughey that his daughter will be the last generation to live on earth hmm. because they're just going to run out of food uh implying that livestock is dead uh like at one point uh in the beginning of the movie okra they're like this is the last crop of okra ever you know yeah. wheat's done basically all we have now is corn to to survive and the whole driving force of the movie is we need to go find another hospitable planet so in some other solar system so that way the human race can survive sure uh, so that's like the whole driving force of the movie. And it's still fresh in my mind. I just saw it again the other day. Okay. Um, so. And that's good. What else do you think? Well, give, me, give me some other examples. As in like movie-wise or yeah, just in general? games, stories, movies, the, the end of the world. Uh, is it, was it, um, obviously this one's a little far-fetched, but the uh, uh, the Will Smith movie, I Am Legend. Okay. With um, that, that was like a medical thing, kind of. It was a biological thing. Yeah, it was like a biological thing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously they made it a little more fantasy related because they're like weird vampire things but um i mean well, that's I, that's disease well yeah, i think i think the the writer the, the the person who wrote uh i am legend i think was inspired for the like the people like it turned or whatever yeah, he was mega inspired man. well mega man was the movie based on i am yeah. legend mega man oh mega man oh i thought the one with Vincent like Price. mega man yeah mega man <laughs> dr yeah. light what did you do <laughs> and then that actually is w- that book slash movie is what kind of spawned the modern idea of zombies it came, came from that but all of it came i think the idea of these those monsters kind of came from like the vampiric thing the modern yeah. idea of zombies being like non-raised from the dead zombies not like the spiritualized voodoo zombies but more of like yeah. the medical well, there's a, yeah, there's yes an essay that i read yeah. in an english class about um the history of zombies going back to even like the voodoo things from like the islands mm. and all this other stuff and how it's kind of evolved and it was yeah. a really interesting essay well the, but, um and, and zombies, to me, especially from a video game perspective, zombies <laughs> seems to be the most commonly leaned upon yeah. post-apocalyptic, you know, scenario. How does how does humanity, you know, come all you know everything shuts down and overturned cars? And I hope that's like not. You said Chris's that. And that was blood. my first thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need to make a correction, Stephen. Uh oh. Uh oh. Omega Man was Charlton Heston, which was the second one in the series. Vincent Price was in The Last Man on Earth. Uh, but it's, but, it, but the saying. book. Was I, I am legend? That's yeah. all I was saying. But Omega, Omega Man was a movie. Yeah, we'll that's what. I, yeah, that's what. Wait, I was did saying. you say Mega Man? Pop-Pop. Omega Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know someone's going to pick up on that. I think we just had a glitch in the matrix. Yeah, that's right. I would never. I never. No said, one was going to catch him on that except for you. <laughs> I wasn't making it. I was. That's, that's why you're here. No, there's. I wasn't admitting anything. You said Omega Man. I said yeah, but the book was I am legend. That's all I said. Nick, Nick, you're on the edge of your seat, man. Tell tell us about the end of the world. I just thought of this. Speaking of the Matrix. Yes. So, again, another. The rise of the, the, rise machines, of the machines scenario, yeah. but it's interesting to me when you when you see these scenarios and you see these these stories get played out. The way that they maybe reflect. I'm sorry, I just remembered something. What you just went uh, to like finish, a derp phase. <laughs> finish your train of thought, and then I'll say too something. Late. It's too late. Now, now I need to know. I just I was thinking like of other ideas for post apocalyptic. I thought of a book that we had to read one summer, and I think it was Life as We Knew It. Okay, and it was about like the moon getting hit by a meteor and suddenly becoming a lot closer to earth Ooh, causing yeah, the tides and everything oh, to like oh, get screwy cool. and there was there like was. the uh, um, volcanic winter where no one was getting food and oh, it was wow. about this girl and her family i can't remember where they lived but um it was kind of going through it and like just stories like that give me anxiety so <laughs> i i didn't read the book really <laughs> i spark noted it i skimmed it, it. I skimmed I it. does does planet of the apes count I don't think so. Uh, I think it's a li- that's, that's a little far fetched. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, now uh, because there there has to be something kind <laughs> yeah. of ground in in some kind of a reality for the end of the world to actually spark what we I, mean, I would the say fear. Thing. My favorite's always been the day after tomorrow. 
Oh, that one's a good one. That one gives me a lot of anxiety. That's a good movie. I don't know what the day after what tomorrow does it is. Give you I, don't, I don't think. That's the one with um, Emmy Rossum and it's the Jake Gyllenhaal, the Superstorm, yeah. and Dennis Quaid. Yeah, Dennis Absolute Quaid. zero. Yeah, this the the. the Huge snowstorm. It was like just snowstorm, like hurricanes. Lady Liberty like, under snow. You've never watched that. <laughs> what it's was a the one? From from okay, let's go. Let's go then to uh, the Independence Day kind of vibe. Uh, yeah, the alien invasion. Mm-hmm. Day uh, the Earth stood still. Uh, day the Earth stood still. That that sort of thing. War the world. And then you take Oblivion. the next extension from that. Was it Roland Emmerich? Was was he the one Edge that did Dean Devlin? Roland Emmerich were they the ones that did Independence Day? Sure. Uh, the yes. next step after that one that they did was. Um, the, the, was that the, the the day after tomorrow? Was that the frozen one? The yes. Earth? Yeah, yeah. The Earth okay, the froze. the whole image the ta- of this the, the Statue of Liberty title wave. Yeah. Okay, that was that was what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, a step beyond that. Uh, 2012, John Cusack jumping yeah. over craters oh, in a gosh, limousine. That movie so stupid. That movie, that movie also <laughs> gave me anxiety. These that movies movie, all give me anxiety. That movie made me so mad because the mm-hmm. ending was terrible. But we are. Yeah. But it was a very Hollywood ending. But Woody we. Harrelson was but the 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 fascination that people have with these end of the world scenarios, Deep Impact or or Armageddon. I think that there's, to some degree, there's something in us that it reflects the fears of our culture. Going back to uh, the Night of the Living Dead with George Romero, the the movie which was an allegory for uh, like communism and the Cold War and and the threat of of nuclear death to what we see now with these movies like Stephen said, like Interstellar uh, or The Day After Tomorrow, where where people are now becoming uh, conscious of. Um, the, the headlines about global warming and things like that. So people start getting panicked. How are we going to die? Well, global warming, we're probably all going to die because all the food is going to run out or you know the crops are going to die or the world is going to freeze because the ice caps are going to melt or whatever it might be. Uh, and if you look at the people like medical things, people look at uh, genetic mutations or the way that we modify growth hormones and foods and they see these uh, pharmaceutical companies that they just typically people just don't trust pharmaceutical companies they're like oh they're you know modifying and biological warfare and they're going to create some kind of a new super serum DNA mutated toxin that's going to kill nu- us all even nuclear warfare too and that and that and but the, and the cure for cancer is going to secretly turn us into all, all into zombies yeah. which is why we see this thing spread like um, the movie Outbreak mm-hmm. with um, mm. uh, who was Morgan Outbreak? Freeman no was Dennis Hopkins Den, den, d- d- uh, who's Captain Hook? Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. And Morgan. Um, yeah. So you you see you see these these things of okay is, is it going to be a medical thing or is it going to be uh, a, an environmental thing or is it going to be uh, an uprising thing or is it going to be technology that we create all these things to make our lives more comfortable and casual but then Skynet comes alive and zaps us all or puts us in the matrix and you know drains us for for power or, or launches our nukes uh, yeah you know and that, and that's what we see is we see these end of the world things are a reflection of our time go back to uh, the I, the day the earth stood still I think was even kind of a reflection of mm-hmm. uh, man's uh, ability to destroy them, th- themselves mm-hmm. um, I mean even Ed Wood with uh, <laughs> Plan 9 <laughs> from Outer Space yeah. was a story about you will destroy the sunlight and we have to you know it was, we're going to make two zombies and come get you we're aliens <laughs> from outer space uh, because you're going to destroy yourselves um, why are We've reached uh, we've reached a point in our in our civilization's history where we actually have the ability to destroy ourselves, mm-hmm. and I think that that has worked its way into our our collective unconscious, our our cultural expressions. I mean, especially in the past what seventy or eighty years since sure. World War II, since, World War II. We, yeah. since the two world wars, where people never saw that kind of destruction. No. It wasn't after you know in the in movie making in the early fifties. With the Cold War and everything, that mm-hmm. people really realize that yeah, we the end of the world could come. We've never Wait, seen destruction like this, this before. Yeah, and that's why we you know we saw Godzilla, you know, mm-hmm. the, he's, who's the best yeah. thing ever yeah. for the record. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
and I, I don't know. I, I think about like these scenarios and then I think about the ones that cause the most fear or anxiety for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had bad dreams before about aliens invading and subjugating humanity to slavery. I don't know that I would ever have a bad dream about apocalypse and, and mutants or whatever. Um, I don't usually have like, what, which, which of these scenarios causes you the most anxiety? When, when I was a kid, I had I had a nightmare about uh, a T-Rex running down like a freeway towards oh, my well, house. Well, clearly, the, the, that's the we're back principle. And that's- I was saying, the Lost World dress. Row back the rock to the dodo town. <laughs> For me, like, cause I, I've, I've had these, uh, these nightmares a lot growing up. It would vary between um, any kind of disaster that caused an apocalypse that we've kind of touched on, but the thing that would give me the most anxiety would be being separated from my family. Oh. Like trying, like if I'm a if I'm away, like if I'm away with my sister and I'm trying to find my mom or I'm trying to find my dad yeah. or my little sister, yeah. and um, it's like trying to find the people that I love and care about and making sure they're okay mm-hmm. when like I can't use my cell phone right. because something happened. And that was, uh, there's some movies and I, I specifically think about movies in this way because they're so good at, at narrating this and depicting this. Um, movies that show the end of the world, not from the fighter pilot who has to, you know, go against the mothership, but from the ground level where the people are. Um, I think worlds that uh, war of the worlds with Tom Cruise mm. created a tremendous anxiety of oh, like yes. the people being like herded in a uh, Overfield was another one. Oh, that, yeah. that one I did not watch. Just really the anxiety of, of you know being pushed around, and uh, I think if, if the world was truly ending, I don't know that I would be as afraid of the zombies as I am of the people. Yeah. I don't think I would be as afraid of the the giant mutant monsters. Yeah, and uh, the, the people's uh, willingness to survive at any cost. That's what the is. newest Cloverfield was about. Is about um, the humans being the real monsters. Oh, so that's that, that's twist. the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I could see John Goodman being uh, he was good a monster. He was scary. Um. I have a, 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 a the contrast. I think is that as as Christians, we have at least a, a loose idea of how the world actually ends. Yeah. Uh, God God decided <laughs> to give us a whole book about it, a couple, yeah. you know, and a couple couple preludes to it, and some other books. Uh, so we have we have Revelation, and for those that don't like to read Revelation and and some of the prophecies in, in books like Daniel and and whatnot, uh, at least we have the Left Behind series. <laughs> so yeah. we, well, at least we have that. At least we have that. So uh, I, I want to take a quick minute with with some levity, and I want to look at some prophecies. I have a book here. It's called The Pocket Guide to the Apocalypse, the official field manual for the end of the world by Jason Boyette. You can check it out on uh, Amazon and pick it up. But I want to share a couple different prophecies. And in here, this book actually has a, a look at some definite um, definite mis, uh, mispredictions, mispredictions uh, of the end of the world. You guys remember a few years ago, there was a guy named uh, Harold Camping mm-hmm. that yeah. put billboards up all over the country giving a date. Was it just like December 21st or something like that? Mm-hmm. The world is going to end. December 21st, 2013. <clears throat> Whatever it was. 12-21-12. I remember that I went to we the grocery store like a couple days before that happened and I needed to buy detergent. And I'm like... I'm going to go ahead and get the small one just in case. <laughs> just, you know, I don't want to waste it. I stayed from school that day because I don't want to deal with the idiots at my school. Oh, so uh, so, so he, he kind of catalogs um, basically from the beginning of time, uh, recorded history, everything uh, from the first, some of the first recorded ones in 2000 BC in Persia. But uh, I'm going to bring us to some of the more modern ones, which is kind of fun. Uh, 1914, Oklahoma. I'll, I'll read directly from the book. Uh-oh. 
Our friend Halley's Comet is back, packing chunks of doom amidst the chunks of space dust and ice <laughs> that form its wicked tail. A few entrepreneurs put a new twist on the usual last comet standing nervousness, selling comet pills to protect the citizenry should Earth pass through its tail. Which reminds me of the plot of the movie Maximum Overdrive <laughs> uh, by Stephen King, where the, the, Earth, the Earth passes through the tail of a comet and the, the, the comet's tail radiation causes all like mechanical electronic <laughs> devices to come alive, <laughs> including the main villain of the movie, which is a giant semi-truck with the Green, Green Goblin's Goblin face, face on the front. Oh yes. It's a terribly stupid movie. Please don't ever watch it. Okay. Uh, um, excuse me. And in Oklahoma, the members of a religious sect calling themselves the Select Followers have a great idea. We can appease the comet, they proclaim, by offering up a virgin sacrifice. Oh. Thankfully, they announced their intentions loud enough that the local law hears about it. The cops yeah. saved the virgin, who really didn't have this in mind when she signed up for that True Love Waits pledge card. Oh. It's also <laughs> worth mentioning that 1914 is Charles Taze Russell's next big date of doom. And he goes back, and it's a reference to an earlier chapter where he talks about a guy named Charles Taze Russell who uh, predicts the end of the world. Uh, he, uh, he, in 1874, to kind of sum up, he predicts that Jesus is coming back. And then 1874 comes and goes, and they say Jesus, you know, obviously didn't come back. And he goes, oh, no, no, he did. But he's invisible. Oh, my oh. gosh. Well, now we know. So he turns one right out to the spooky, invisible Jesus announcement of 1874. After a few calculations, suddenly it's 1914 is the unmistakable year of the Armageddon. So when World War I kicks off as the most horrific conflict the world has ever seen, the Jehovah's Witnesses have to work really hard <laughs> to restrain to their glee, what with all the death and everything. But <laughs> the months keep passing, Jesus free, until 1915. This is definitely the year, Russell announces. No question. 1916. Or this one. It's all a simple misunder... <laughs> Charles Taze Russell dies on Halloween, 1916. <laughs> <laughs> but, 1918. Right before he gets uh, his bucket gets kicky, Charlie sends out yet another clock counting down to the end. But the only major end in 1918 is the November armistice that brings the war to a close, which makes everyone in the world extremely happy, except for the Jehovah's Witnesses, because uh, all the peace cramps their apocalyptic style. <laughs> 1920. J.F. Rutherford takes over the Watchtower Society and starts revising history. His first step is to switch the arrival date of the reliable can't-see-me Christ. 1874? What are you talking about, 1874? Jesus returned to Earth in 1914, just like Russell said. Yeah, that's right. You just can't see him. He's invisible. What? No, you haven't heard that anywhere before. Now go knock on some doors. 1925. Rutherford says he expects Jesus to return this year, then starts immediately denying that he ever said it. At this point, Pocket Guide speaks up for all of us in saying, shut up, Watchtower Society. Uh, and there's a lot, more, a lot more fun little predictions of people saying that the world is going to end. Um, February 4th, 1962. Take one quintuplified planetary alignment, sprinkle in an always mystifying solar eclipse, stir in a potload of craziness, prayer vigils in Bombay, shelter stocking in the U.S., jittery sky gazing everywhere, and you've got yourself an all-out apocalypse watch. Nothing happens, of course, but the Antichrist was born the next day, at least according to noted psychic Gene Dixon. So let's talk about the Antichrist a little bit. Uh, we, we talk about the end of days. We talk about Jesus coming back. And, and with that, the imagery, just, just throw out some ideas or imagery, just uh, like, we're, like we've got a, a pop-up book of the end of the world. So what are the different characters? What are the different symbols? What are the different things that you're going to see uh, in, in the tribulation, in the, in the end of the world, in the, the biblical apocalypse? What do you see? 
Antichrist. The Antichrist. <laughs> Probably a politician. <laughs> a great lots of horns, lots of scrolls, lots of bowls. A great cloud. Was it, wasn't there like this weird like dragonfly thing that was supposed to like... Dragonfly? Dragonflies with human faces. Yeah. They're like, Abaddon, Abaddon. We'll talk about that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what it was. I yeah. just remember... That, that like locusts. Lots yeah. of locusts, Lock of you guys. Oh, you brought it back. God, flashbacks with all the 1914 stuff. <laughs> God has been uh, God has been saving up locusts from the beginning of time. He's been breeding them, and he's gonna locust <laughs> he, and scorpion the, tails and faces like men and fangs like lions. That's what's in the mantle of the earth, actually. Just that's, that's all it is. Just it's just locusts. That's why we haven't been able to dig to China yet, guys. That's right. That's right. Because God's saying we no. know we're like. <laughs> So uh, this is, again, according to the Pocket Guide to the Apocalypse, these are 10 requirements, or at least popularly uh, understood, requirements for the biblical Antichrist. Now, there are Antichrists, but uh, for the big man himself, uh, for the the top position, uh, here's 10 requirements for the Antichrist according to some scriptures. Uh, The Antichrist must be male, according to Revelation 13, 18, which encourages believers to figure out what 666 means. It's the number of a man. That's pretty clear unless the word man is generic, like human. Uh, to distinguish from, say, like a walrus antichrist. Uh, but that would be pretty silly. <laughs> silly. So, <laughs> uh, antichrist, uh, most likely male. Sorry, ladies. Uh, number two, an enemy of God, which is pretty obvious considering his name and everything. I mean, he's the antithesis. That's right. Uh, he is bizarro Jesus. <laughs> number three, authority and or popularity. The beast, the antichrist, is described as having ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns upon its horn, which is... Uh, definitely strange, even as a, as a metaphor. Some people believe the heads and the crowns mean the Antichrist will rule ten countries. At any rate, he'll pretty much do what he wants during his short-lived reign, uniting the world under his slick leadership. And world domination? That requires more than a few Twitter followers. <laughs> uh, number four, a peacemaker. Uh, many premillennialists, which would believe that the Lord is coming back before... Uh, the millennial believe a false temporary peace will rule during the last days, possibly in the form of a treaty in the Middle East. Swords into plowshares and all that. Uh, but the Antichrist will eventually break the treaty, beginning a reign of terror. Oh, well. Number five, false messiah and uh, worship ability. At some point, the Antichrist will convince the Jews that he is their messiah, the true Christ. He'll declare himself divine, and all the nations of the world will worship him. Revelation 13, 8. Number six, deadly head wound. The beast in Revelation 13 is described as having a head wounded beyond recovery. Recovery until it suddenly recovers, resulting in an outbreak of awe and wonder. Uh, number seven, six, 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 the mark of the beast. It's another obvious one. Uh, number eight, uh, Jewishness. Popular apocalyptic theory holds the Antichrist must be a Jew or have a close connection with the Jews. Not that the Bible says that much about it, to be sure, but why not? Because if history shown us anything, it's that anti-Semitism is totally harmless. <laughs> Number nine, uh, New Roman Empire or European Connection. Many think of a, a revived Roman Empire, by which they usually mean the European Union or some kind of New World Order will be given power for a short time under the control of the Antichrist. And number ten, basic just other areas of suspicion. This is kind of like a catch-all to contain a whole stew of conspiracy theories and other grisly leftovers. So uh, the, the book kind of goes through and describes and breaks down the qualifications of people like the Roman Emperor Nero, Um, The Pope. (laughs) Uh, And, of course, this is done very tongue-in-cheek. Adolf Hitler. Uh, Is he a man? Yes. Is he an enemy of God? Duh. Hitler. (laughs) I mean, um... talked about genocide earlier. Authority and popularity. Yes. I mean... He was a great speaker. He was a great speaker. Uh, Peacemaker. He tried. Tra- oh, hey, in 1938, wrong way. Uh, he was being considered for a candidate for the Nobel Peace Prize. He was actually, I think, he was like, time man of the year. That's right, exactly. Um, oh, 
false messiah worship ability. Well, yeah, thanks to Nazi propaganda. Um, Goebbels. Yeah. Um, head wound. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that mustache? <laughs> well, he killed himself yeah, by shooting himself. himself in the head. Well, I think the mustache is worse. But that didn't recover. Um, okay. As far as you know. Mark of the Beast. Um, okay, here's a little interesting thing. If A equals 100, B equals 101, C equals 102, and so on. If you add up the values of Hitler, 666. Look, I used to be a Jehovah's Witness. Do you know how much math is involved in there? I'm so sick of Maybe that's math. why you're not a Jehovah's Witness anymore, because exactly. you're bad at math. No, and because, you know, 1914. Maybe that's why you're bad at math, because you're a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> uh, Jewishness. Speculation actually holds that uh, that Hitler Evil. may have been yeah. part of Jew. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, number nine, Roman Empire, European connection. That matches up pretty nice with the Third Reich. And uh, other areas of suspicion. Um, okay, this is interesting. He was born on Easter in Austria's Brunau am Inn, and the polar coordinates of which are 48.25 north, 13.05 east. And what's the cosine of 48.25? None other than 0.666. Repeating. Yeah. More math. <laughs> carry the, uh, carry oh, the four. Divide by 12. Pythagorean theorem. Uh, John F. Kennedy is a possible candidate for the Antichrist. Oh, head wound. Ronald, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ronald Wilson Reagan. Uh, chest, chest Ronald. No, 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 no head wound, though. Mikhail Gorbachev. Kind of got a head wound. <laughs> <laughs> it's a birthmark. Saddam Hussein. I guess that this book was printed before he died. Um, he got a head wound. William Jefferson, Bill Clinton. <laughs> he deserved it. Uh, Bill Gates. <laughs> uh, he, he can jump over a chair. Uh, a man, yes. Uh, enemy of God, inconclusive. Uh, popularity, meh. Uh, he's, he, he's, he's no Steve Jobs. Uh, peacemaker. I mean, he's given a lot of money to help people, but I mean, I don't know how peaceful he's been. Uh, false Messiah and worship ability. He does a lot of charity. Head wound. Well, Not yet. Bad haircut, maybe. His eyes don't work right. Um, hey. What's oh. in here? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he is uh, He is Jewish. Is he connected to the new Roman Empire? Maybe he might be part of the new world order. Wait, are we talking about Bill Gates? Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. He's a secular Jew, but he's a, he's a Jew. Oh, Jew, okay. Jew I, I mean, I didn't know. <laughs> let's, uh, actually, Jew? let's let's go, let's get beyond the book, and we'll we'll look at some some other popular names and see how they fit into these these ten icons. I bet you Oprah's in there. Let's start with, okay. Not let's a start. man. Not a man. Not a man. Disqualified. Oh. So, disqualified. Jerry Springer. What? No. He's named names now. Donald Trump. Barack Hussein Obama. I got a Bernie phone Sanders. call from somebody when Barack Obama got Donald elected. They're like, my Trump. sister is telling me that Barack Obama is the Antichrist, and she doesn't even love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was not gonna lie when when uh, when uh, President Obama was uh, elected, and uh, and I'm not. This isn't a political thing. We can do Donald Trump. We can do anybody from any side no. of the aisle. I think they're all equally ridiculous from time to time. But Donald Trump. I did get a little nervous when when he rode to his inauguration. <laughs> he had a specially modified armored. I think it was a Cadillac, uh, and then the name of the special the modified beast. car was the Beast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, That's what it's called, the beast. oh. Great, great. Just telegraph it, why don't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's been the name of the car the whole time. It yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, they did. When people people are saying he's the Antichrist and he's riding down on the beast, and then he sat on the the temple and killed. And he a made the, I mean, I the bowling alley into a basketball I think it was court. Beast when uh, Bush was riding it too. I'm just saying. Listen, Nikolai Carpathia. That's my Antichrist. Uh, le- did anybody here read Left Behind or, or even I saw the movie. Wh- which one? The, the first one. Kirk Cameron. Yeah, but like that. The first one of that. One. The first one. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, Vigo the Carpathian. Vigo the Vigo. He's Vigo, Vigo the Carpathian. He's he's the only one I know. Yeah, um, yeah. Like so, I I guess the deal here with the end of the world 
biblically is what it, it typically starts out with uh, the rapture, uh, which there's the the rapture is never actually mentioned in the Bible specifically. Uh, it's alluded to in uh, a couple different verses um, that we'll all be caught up in the twinkling of an eye. And the, the trump of the archangel, and we will all be uh, beamed up to to heaven. And there's so many different theories that I'm not even going to go into it. That, that's for people above my pay grade, uh, pre-millennial, tribulation, post-millennial. Uh, uh, eschatology is something I'm peripherally aware of, but I, I dare not dip my toe into those troubled waters. Uh, suffice to say, what we can agree on is that uh, Jesus uh, was foretold and promised throughout Scripture that he would come, and he did. Uh, he came as a baby in a manger. Uh, in a secret, private way that not a lot of people knew about. And uh, he did all the things that were prophesied that he was going to do, including laying down his life and rising again on the third day. And he ascended into heaven. You can see that if you if you read kind of the end of uh, the Gospels and going into the book of Acts. Acts begins with Jesus and his disciples, and Jesus, you know, you know ascends to heaven. And the angels tell the disciples, this same Jesus who you saw, beam up like this is going to come back in the same way. So we have a promise. We have an active promise. And, and, and Jesus spoke many times, even in some of his creepier chapters. I still get the the, the willies when I read Matthew chapter uh, 20, 24, when he's talking about, yeah, and all this bad stuff's going to happen and you're going to get arrested and they're going to kill you and uh, it's going to be bad. Uh, it's creepy stuff to talk about because it's futuristic things, but it's also not like the happiest part. But you have to think like, who were these prophecies written for and why were they written? Were they written to give us bad dreams? Um, no, not necessarily. I think that they were written for the comfort of our church. Uh, that's why, you know, I think it was in First Thessalonians, I, I think when he's like, therefore comfort yourselves with these things. Uh, the book of Revelation was a letter written to seven churches. That was not, it was corrective to some degree, but it was also, I think, designed to instill them with hope. You have to remember what it was like to become a Christian in the first century. Uh, it, it was, was it, it was a death sentence, yeah. I mean, they're going to come, they're going to take your stuff, they're going to burn your house down, they're going to torture you and kill you. Uh, that's what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, certainly much more challenging than giving up an hour on Sunday mornings like we like to whine about now. Uh, so they, they were stepping into something that had a tremendous amount of uncertainty, and I can understand why they would do it with some hesitation. And this book, God gave us this book, basically cataloging, saying, this is what's going to happen, and it's going to be bad. But in the end, behold, I'm making all things new. I, I know that uh, it's going to be dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> but in the end, I'm going to make all things new. I know that there are going to be those who have to die to follow me, but in the end, I'm coming back and I'm making all things new. And and that's the, the message of encouragement that God is giving us. Uh, we are in a position right now, and they've, they've been saying this to me since I became a Christian. I, became, I gave my heart to the Lord in 1991, so a while ago. But uh, they've basically been saying, this is the last generation. And if you look and you, and you read and you look at all the signs, they're probably not wrong. There's, there are prophecies and things the Bible uh, alluded to and, and, and paved the way for that could not have happened uh, 100 years ago. For all of the recorded history of the world, they couldn't have happened since Jesus' time until modern history. There's, uh, you look at the climate of the world becoming more and more anti-God. It's easy to become frustrated, but it's also easy to become encouraged because uh, just like when the farmer feels the winds begin to change 
and there becomes a, a slight coldness to the air, they also know that that's the time for a tremendous harvest. And uh, when I see people turning their hearts against God, I mean, it breaks my heart, but I also know that God is not surprised by this. That he called it and said that there's going to be a time when the hearts of men are going to grow cold. We have to stay consistent in our faith. We have to stay consistent in evangelism. We have to know that uh, Jesus is coming just like he said he would. And that is a cause for tremendous hope and joy. So I don't know much about locusts and, and scorpions and, uh, you know, hailstorms and meteors and the waters turning into blood. Uh, I don't know. When we face those things, when those things happen, I pray that God would give grace and draw people to him. That's what he's all about. Uh, but whether we have to face a tribulation or whether we are raptured out of here, uh, I know that no matter what comes, we are going to be fit for it. And by the time it's all said and done, uh, the Lord is going to make all things new. So bring it on, apocalypse. We'll see what's going to happen because uh, I've seen the end of this thing and I know who I'm putting my money on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Antichrist, uh, he said the, Jesus said the Antichrist would be so slick that he would deceive the very elect if that were even possible. So you know what I'm betting? I'm betting it means it's not possible. So bring it on, Antichrist. Uh, I am going to uh, I'm going to continue to put my faith in Jesus. And I encourage you to do that too. If you are interested in, uh, in knowing more about God, uh, you can reach out to us. Email us at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And uh, we would love to connect with you and uh, walk you through the next couple steps of what it means to trust in the Lord with all your heart and uh, to believe on Jesus for salvation. Because the clock is running out, kids. And uh, it doesn't matter what you think or what you believe. When the buzzer buzzes, it's game over, man. And uh, I would just encourage you guys to please be ready uh, and do not, do not miss out on it because uh, heaven and Jesus and all the things that he has in store for his people is way, way, way better than anything we have in this world. Uh, final thoughts and comments? It's heavy, out. guys. Yeah, right? Uh, but it's good. It's it's heavy, but it's good. So who's the Antichrist? Oh, do I have to say it? <laughs> John Stewart. John, wait, John Stewart uh, the John Green Lantern or John Stewart the... John, no, John Stewart the football player. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's that who's boy. John Cena. Uh-oh. Here come that boy. I, I can't see him. It's, it's that it's, boy. He's like, Jesus, he's invisible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the real Jesus. Uh, the, 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 the 1914 Jesus, yeah. yeah. But he's only he's only I mean, visible sure really when nobody's looking he's only at visible if nobody's looking at him. 1914 uh, Jesus, that's the golden age Jesus. <laughs> and then you have the bronze. <laughs> I'm sure Jesus could turn invisible if he wanted to, but I have the invisible Jesus action figure <laughs> uh, from 1914. It. It's a uh, mid condition in the box. I didn't know it's Which there. Which is invisible. It's invisible. You can't see it. <sighs> Excellent. Well, I guess that is the. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's the end of our time today. Uh, I think we probably went a little bit over time. Probably, uh, Nick. A you were supposed bit. to be guiding like, us in oh, that yeah. regard. I lost track after like fifteen <laughs> minutes. So literally on the edge of a seat the entire time, uh, and enraptured by the witty and uh, captivating conversation about the rapture. About the rapture. So uh, we'd love to know what your thought is. Is the world coming to an end or is it all a bunch of hokum? Uh, what have you experienced and uh, what are you uh, 
looking forward to most uh, or least <laughs> about the end of the world, uh, reach out to us and let us know once again on our Twitter feed, on Facebook, on Instagram, or on YouTube. That's uh, at Nerd of Godcast. You can also email us, nerdofgodcast at gmail.com, or hang out with us on our blog at nerdofgodcast.com. So, so for the Nerd of Godcast crew, that's uh, Steve Osprimo. Be excellent to each other. The big man, Quentin Neff. We're canceling the apocalypse. <laughs> the twins, Jackie and Jesse. Bye. Nick the engineer. Goodbye. I'm Tony T. Until next time, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Embrace your geek side. And if you're hearing this after the rapture, find Buck Williams. He'll know what to do. Good night, everybody. Thanks for sticking around till the end of the Nerd of God cast. It is me, Tony T. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for being a, a faithful listener. You'd have to be a faithful listener to have gotten this far into the show and not just tapped out on us. Uh, if you really do appreciate and support the ministry of the Nerd of God cast, here is a couple great ways that you can help us to stay alive and to thrive. Uh, the first and really the most powerful one uh, is prayer. Uh, if you don't mind, just you know, every time you think of us or uh, when a new episode comes out, just take a quick second to uh, pray for the Nerdy Godcast crew, for ministries, and for opportunities for us to use this unique platform to share the good news of Jesus Christ or to encourage the, the faith and the strength of believers who uh, share a faith and a fandom. Uh, the second way that you can help us out is by sharing and subscribing. Uh, click subscribe on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on YouTube, anything that you can do, and then share us with your friends. Uh, don't be afraid to also leave reviews for us. We love reviews, especially when the stars come in sets of five. Uh, anything like that gives us good press and a good boost, especially when you share us with your friends. And last but certainly not least, uh, please consider checking out our Patreon page. You can link to it through our website at nerdofgodcast.com. What Patreon is, is a service designed to help you show financial appreciation for the creators that you enjoy and support. It is not free to put on a podcast. We hope that you enjoy it, the consistency and the quality that we do our very, very best to bring you. Uh, and the way that you can show thanks is by signing up on Patreon. The way that that works is that you pledge a certain amount. It can be as little as a dollar, but every little bit helps. We sincerely appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening and thank you for being part of the Nerd of God Squad. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you.